0: Hey everybody, and welcome to Retromania Pro Wrestling Podcast Network. This is a retrospective pro wrestling podcast network where we romanticize, fantasize, watch and review your favorite or not so favorite storylines, matches, events, and or feuds from your pro wrestling past. From Baltimore, Maryland, I'm one half of the hosting squad, Kobe Nida, and via phone on lockdown from Connecticut, it is Dave Rosenbluth. Dave, what's going on? What's up, man? Lockdown. Yeah, that's, that's, that's a great way of putting it. Um, We're with the Usos, good. bro. Oose. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I like that. I like that. That's pretty good. Trying to you know, keep current. I, I totally get it. Totally get it. Um, yeah, no, everything's good, man. Uh, you know, just uh, doing the best we can during this, uh, during this self-isolation, lockdown, quarantine, stay-at-home period, whatever you want to call it. There's been 12 different nicknames for this whole thing. Um, but yeah, I'm looking forward to, uh, to finally getting it in when it, when it comes to this show. The special request, uh, from Nick, uh, Opelouski. uh, Nick had reached out to us uh, a number of months ago, wanted us to do, he asked if we take special requests and I said, yes, we certainly do. And, uh, he wanted us to review, uh, primetime wrestling from August the 22nd, 1990, 1980, excuse
2: me, um, and do it in watch along
1: form. Mm-hmm. So I thought, you know, this would be a good idea, um. Full disclosure, Nick, if you're listening, uh, Kobe and I at one point—spoiler uh, alert, breaking the breaking the fourth wall here. Uh, Kobe and I did do a watch along of this at one point, but what was it? The audio wasn't the, the greatest,
0: cope? Right? I had um, I had feedback on my um, my USB mic, okay. so the whole time it was just clicking and clacking, and it was it was going to be an unpleasurable, unpleasurable listening experience for everybody. So uh, I just made the call. Let's redo this. Let's do it fresher. Um, So now, Nick, we're going to hammer it home for you, buddy. This is actually our first request. Um, So uh, I'm very psyched to do this. Yeah,
1: me too. Um, Actually, Nick kind of, uh, you know, he's he he adopted this. He helped us adopt this request format, and actually, I kind of adopted it um, on kicking out of two because Nick reached out to me on kicking out of two and asked if I could do if I take special requests, and I said yes. And uh, he asked me to review the um, Hulk Hogan unreleased matches compilation set that's on the WWE Network. It was once a DVD they've now condensed it and put it on the network. So I'm currently in the middle of doing that. Uh, that will be released in August one day after Hulk Hogan's birthday. Oh, wow. So, yeah. So at the time, I, I, I tried to figure out a good way to time it and I just thought, well, you know, why don't I just do it in August? I had like an open date in August, actually, um, on, on my schedule when it came to the shows. And I thought, Oh, perfect. Right on Hogan's birthday. So, um, just wait a little longer, Nick. And, uh, that, that review will be coming up for you in August, um, Hulk Hogan's unreleased matches, and, you know, look forward to uh, bringing it to you. Uh, so far, from what I've been watching, it's been pretty good, um, so I, I really look forward to diving in deep and uh, giving it to you, and if anybody out there that's listening likes special requests, has something they want us to cover, whether it's a topic, whether it's a match and watch-along form, whether it's a show on the WWE Network, we take requests we will do our damnedest to make sure we get it out to you um, and, and out to the masses to listen. So by all means, drop in our DMs gently, please. Please gently, because <laughs> these, days, these days it's uh, it's been pretty rough all the way around with this whole COVID-19. But drop in our DMs gently and just let us know, like, hey, would you mind doing a watch-long of this show? Or would you mind covering this topic? Or would you mind reviewing this show or whatever? We, we, we
0: do it all here at RetroRadio, so exactly. Um and. As we do the watch along, you can put us in your earbuds and you can do a wash along during this quarantine. Um, you can wash your hands. You can wash your house. Uh, make sure before you drop into our DMs, wash your hands. And then after you drop into our yes. DMs, wash your hands. Yes. Um, but yes, we'll take, we'll take any requests. YouTube stuff as well. Um, um, I'm happy to do anything that's available to us. Daily motion um wwe network as long as we can give you guys some good content uh during this lockdown and quarantine time um and speaking of content dave you got a whole bunch of stuff going on with kicking out it two you're booked up till july brother Oh yeah,
1: I got a whole bunch of stuff, you know, recorded in the bank, ready for, ready for rapid release. This quarantine has actually been a blessing in terms of my podcasting, because sometimes I'll, uh, I'll be, <laughs> I'll, I'll be trying to figure out how I'm going to get this, get this show out with, you know, this co-host, but I've managed to alter my schedule a little bit and alter, um, some of the shows that I wanted to do, uh, getting used to doing a lot of talking by myself, um. So it's nice that I got somebody to bounce back off of with you. Uh, but I, I really enjoy like the in-person face-to-face banter when I do a podcast with someone, um, as I'm sure you do as well. Yes, but uh, this quarantine has, has taught me to, um, to, to 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 learn how to adjust when it came to my podcasting habits and capabilities. So um, I, I've been pretty much on a tear <laughs> when I've had some free time, uh, not, you know, netflixing and chilling or wwe network and chilling and and doing a whole bunch of podcasting got a whole bunch of shows lined up for all the way until the end of july and i'm starting to work on some stuff for early august so um you know as the weeks go by it will just be new content each and every week however long this COVID 19 lockdown is gonna go i'm bringing out fresh content the whole world may shut down but retro mania kicking two certainly not the case
0: absolutely not um we are, we are pumping out content here, and Dave, like you said, you, you got a whole bunch of stuff for us, and, and as always, we have Evergreen Podcasts, so we have 220 plus episodes of Kicking Out at Two and Retromania between Dave and I. 300 plus hours of content for your ears, all evergreen. Trust me, you can go back and listen to these and it'll sound fresh. It's all retrospective content. Um, So sit back and enjoy some old school wrestling with us. Um, Put us in your ears and uh, indulge. Um, And as always, you can find us on any podcasting platform. Please like, rate, review, subscribe, and share us. That's the only way it's gonna grow. We have grown in the last year of being this network. uh, I, I do appreciate all the fans out there and everybody following along and sharing and liking and commenting. That does help every little bit. Um, so you can find us on any platform. That's Google Play, Stitcher, uh, Podbean is our home, Spotify, you can find us on there, searching Retromania with a W. And Dave, where can everybody find you and Kicking Out at 2 as well?
1: Um, You can find us on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash Kicking Out at 2 um i have links to archive of of archive shows up there i got gifs and memes and debates and discussions polls um so i try to bring a, a, a light-hearted side to the retro pro wrestling uh, uh, environment that i have over there on facebook so uh, hit us up give us a like tell a friend share the page have them like it, tell as many friends to like it, um, just want to create a fun environment and atmosphere, and I want you all a part of it. And the same goes for our Twitter. Uh, I've been getting a lot of
0: activity during this quarantine, I'll tell you that much with the Twitter. It's awesome. Um, yeah, it's been pretty cool. Um, but you just anyhow, got retweeted, uh, correct?
1: Yes, I got a retweet from Conrad Thompson, um, which for those of you that, you know... Rumor follow,
0: and innuendo.
1: That's right. Chat me up a bit. Um, actually, the... Uh, Um, I had put out a tweet regarding um, the most recent uh, news of Howard Finkel passing. I had listened to the Pritchard Show episode that was covering nails. And uh, they recorded it the day that that Howard had passed away, or it was known that he had passed away. And Bruce had found out just, like, minutes before the they started recording and he kind of broke down and lost it. And there was a moment when I listened back to it, I was like, wow, it was just really powerful and like heartbreaking to hear him grieve over his friend that way. And and the fact that they left it on the recording um, for, for us to hear it, like they didn't have to do that. That's like a private moment. Like, you know, especially given the history that those two have working in the company all those years, like they could have kept that to themselves, but I thought it was very powerful and, you know, I was I, I was grateful that they were able to leave that into the podcast uh, to show the true emotion from Bruce and Conrad, who hosts the show. Very supportive. Um, it was comforting to hear him comfort Bruce. So I wanted to make mention of that on Twitter. When I post on Twitter, I don't post to get retweets and likes, and etc. Um, I just do it, you know, to kind of amuse myself. And if people like it, and want to retweet it, that's great. I don't have any real kind of big hidden agenda, even though I want to build a following for Kicking Out of Two on Twitter. And Conrad gave me a retweet, and his retweet has helped with not only getting people following me now. Um, I've gotten a, you know a handful of followers from it, but also um, a number of people liking it as well. So yeah, it was kind of it's it's kind of cool that you know my Twitter um, activity has uh, boosted during this uh, COVID-19. But you can find us on Twitter if you want to help continue that boost of traffic and activity. The the, the tag is at kicking out two K I C K N O U T and the number two. Um, same same thing I do over on Facebook, but just 140 to 220
0: characters or less. Yes, absolutely. And full disclosure to everybody, since we are on quarantine time, the quality of these episodes are Dave coming through a phone. Typically, he's on the hot mic. I'm on the hot mic here. I got a field recorder in my garage with my laptop set up and the phone across from the field recorder on the other side. Uh, We're doing the best we can. It's DIY time, everybody. Um, I would be recording inside my home, but my lovely roommates are still working, and they, they work from home. And You know they do online meetings, and I don't want to hear bore you guys to death with all that stuff. And they don't want to hear all this Mark talk about uh, wrestling. So
1: yeah, you know I want I want to thank everyone for their patience. By the way, when it comes to that,
0: Um, absolutely, because
1: like you said, I'm recording from a phone. I've had to do a few of my own shows from kicking out of two on my iPhone Um, recently. uh, My wife was um, my wife had taken over um, the. the, the studio a little bit uh with her work she's had to work from home a little bit but she's also kind of double dipping back and forth between working from home and working from the office she works in a a, 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 a doctor's office so um, she's been kind of going back and forth between here and there uh working part-time so i didn't i don't you know i didn't want to take up her workspace so to speak, so that's why we've had to make some alterations, so I appreciate the patience from everyone, I appreciate your patience, Kobe, as well, uh, while we we do all these recordings and kind of DIY it, hopefully uh, our content and our commentary can make up for the technical capabilities, or lack thereof, I should say, when it comes to our
0: presentation. Oh, absolutely. Um, Yeah, so without further ado, you ready to present these skills and get into this watch along? I am. Let's do it, man. Uh, You're going to find this on the network if you guys want to watch along with us. If not, you can just enjoy the content that we present to you. It'll uh, it'll still be listenable. Um, So you can find this on the WWE Network. We search in ring. Um, In mine, it was under featured uh, for Primetime Wrestling. And it's August twenty second, 1988. And Dave, where did you find this? How did you find it? Um,
1: I... I clicked over to the in-ring section on the left-hand side. Once I got there, there were options that said All Shows, Best of WWE, WCW, ECW, Other, um, and I clicked on uh, All Shows, and I scrolled down, and I found Primetime Wrestling. Uh, I believe it was next to Saturday Night's Main Event or Superstars, one of the two. Uh, And then when I up top when you get to primetime wrestling they give you the year, there's 89, 88 87, etc I clicked on 1988, <clears throat> I scrolled I found August 22nd, 1988 the show goes 1 hour, 13 minutes 25 seconds so uh, you can find that on the network uh, like I said, if you want to watch with us that's great, hit the mute button so you can uh, enjoy our commentary um, if not, you don't want to watch with us, you can still enjoy our commentary and uh, you know reimagine. What could be taking place as we're talking about watching this primetime wrestling?
0: Absolutely. So, when we count down five, four, three, two, one and say hit play, right when we say play, hit that play button on your zero, zero, zero marker and you'll be queued up with us. Everybody ready at home? Dave, are you ready? I am ready. All right. Five, four, three, two, one, hit play. Oh, we got Elbow Smashing from Macho Man. This is the intro of the show. The lovely uh, tune there. You know, that fancy sax that Vince certainly loved during this time. That jazz, that jazz tune, yeah. Uh, that porn, that porn rock. <laughs> Men in their underwear. Jazzy tunes. Uh, so this this is actually a go-home show for the SummerSlam of 1988, correct?
1: Uh, I believe so. Yeah, if I'm not mistaken, I believe SummerSlam was, um, that upcoming, or it was the following Monday, mm-hmm. because SummerSlam, SummerSlam used to air on Mondays, um, in the early years, the first few years, it would air on a Monday, um, and I believe, if I'm not mistaken, this, yeah, this is the, this is the go-home show of primetime wrestling, but they had other programming as well, they had Wrestling Challenge, they had Superstars, they had, um, you see, there's a, a helium or an oxygen tank. I don't know what the fuck that is right there. As we Even have Bobby up. the
0: Brain Heenan and Gorilla Monsoon at the desk. I love those but, intros.
1: Yes, yes. Um, I I, you know, I haven't watched a whole lot of primetime wrestling on the network. Um, I, we've talked about it before. I'm sure they've had to comb through a lot of footage to get it up there for us with all kinds of advertising and licensing that they've had to clip and edit out. Um things like that. But, um, you know, these early years of primetime, um, I would say are probably the um, the, the prime of the, the show's existence. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the studio format, which was pretty much like a week in review sort of thing. Uh, they would give you highlights or they would give you matches from different shows, whether it was a live event, whether it was Superstars Wrestling Challenge, etc um, Saturday night's main event sometimes they would they would give you one of the feature matches from there but what I remember from primetime was when they used to do the the studio audience mm-hmm. um, do you remember those those episodes of primetime where they would have like a, a, an in studio audience and Vince and Bobby would host and they would have like a guest wrestler come on and
0: they would do something real zany and quirky with them yeah this was the the year prior or uh, maybe the 2 years prior. The original yeah, I think it was like 8 I think it was like 90 or 91 they started doing that. Oh, okay. So it's later.
1: Yeah, I believe so. I could but it was like a short-lived experiment. It wasn't
0: uh anything um Well, it goes to sh- it goes the show cuz this is August uh 88 and by July 89 Bobby the Brain Heenan would have his own show. Um so uh, yes. I and mean, I mean just a talking head there. Hercules in the ring now setting up to go against uh, Who's that? That looks like Jake Roberts' uh, older brother, or younger brother. Oops. DJ Peterson. DJ Peterson.
1: All right. he looks like he's in pretty good shape for someone who's an enhancement talent. You know, back in the day, those enhancement wrestlers weren't exactly gym rats, uh, if you recall. But um, this here, he looks like he's a formidable opponent
0: Absolutely. Hercules. Eh, I guess giving Hercules a better rub to go against a stronger, uh, stronger enhancement talent.
1: Yeah, that's yeah. I mean, um, it, it, I don't think this is going to be. And, and we try, we watched this before, like we mentioned earlier. Um, but I don't think this is going to be. If I remember, uh, a very dominant performance from Hercules. Um, I think this was. I think this DJ Peterson guy kind of gave him a little bit of a run for his money here.
0: Um, DJ Peterson definitely a guy I could see uh, in the NWA uh, wrestling.
1: Yes, yes, he could be like a lower card talent like a he, he, he looks he's got he's got like a blackjack mulligan kind of look to him with the mustache in the mm-hmm. face if you get a, if you get a close-up of him he almost kind of looks like jack blackjack mulligan on steroids
0: uh-huh uh-huh <laughs> a bit and kind of um a little bit of a uh, brad armstrong ish i was just thinking that too yes
1: the body type and and yes I was just thinking that, too. Brad Armstrong, very underrated performer.
0: DJ Peterson, uh, actually trained by Lord Littlebrook, who's a midget wrestler, correct? Uh,
1: yes. Yeah. Are we allowed to say midget? Uh,
0: I'm <laughs> a short wrestler. It's, I'm just
1: kidding. I don't care. Okay. I'm not politically
0: correct. Um, that you should know he, de- he debuted in 1984 and sadly passed May 25th, 1993 in a motorcycle accident. He was oh, 33 nice. years old. Wow. Peterson? Yeah. Yes. Oh, wow.
1: That's terrible. Yep. That's awful.
0: Uh he he was with the AWA in 1990 um with Brad Reagans.
1: He, he looks like he could he looks like a Minnesota boy. That mustache has got, you know, Minnesota written all over it right
0: yep. there. He performed in Super Clash 4. Um he and the Trooper uh who I, wasn't the Trooper um Who was the Trooper? The Trooper from AWA? Yeah, I feel like that was Del Wilkes who became the Patriot. Um, I don't have a whole lot of
1: AWA knowledge from that time period, so oh wow, Herc took a spill there. Oh jeez, holy yeah. Look at that bump. And for our viewers that are watching this, that are, that are listening as well, you'll notice in the corner at the top of the screen when they when they eventually show it. Stars of Wrestling name copyrighted and trademarked, and that's another reason why the older episodes of WWF Superstars of Wrestling are not available on the network. That's why. Superstars episodes on the network because it was once pronounced Superstars of Wrestling.
0: Yes, absolutely. And, uh, I mean, that, that screwed up marking out the day's Weekend Warriors for us. But, uh, I, it's uh, like you said, it's a lot of editing to go around and they're going to have to blur a lot and I'm sure in the promos the guys are saying, on oh, Superstars of Wrestling! You know? Yeah. Um, I mean,
1: unless they were able to come to some kind of an agreement. Like, I know that, like, for, for a number of years when the World Wildlife <laughs> Foundation pretty much... Won that lawsuit to to claim the the moniker WWF. Um, for the longest time, WWE had to take their old footage and they had to blur out the logos and they had to bleep out what someone would say WWF. And then eventually, they they went to court with the World Wildlife Foundation and ended up winning some kind of a settlement where. They were allowed to use older footage that had the words WWF without it being blurred out and um, and bleeped out in the commentary, but they weren't allowed to refer to the programming as WWF, WWF. in present-day filming. So if yeah. they were doing a documentary about something that took place 20-something years ago, they weren't allowed to say WWF um
0: back then yeah as you see you can still see you can see all the logos now um on the rings uh if it was on the wwe uh, channel that was on comcast or cable available for a while they had everything blurred um oh yes man dj peterson was had a headlock takeover he was building some heat on on hercules and now all of a sudden hercules just comes back with a torture rack and i think that's it he took
1: one out of lex luger's playbook
0: there wow and Luger, Luger's exactly. Luger's really hot at the time, huh? Eighty-eight, August.
1: Yeah, Luger was. Oof, I'm trying to think. Was that, he a horseman then?
0: I think this is him feuding with Flair.
1: I want to say you might be correct. Yeah, I think he just. I think he just started his feud with Flair. Like the Bash. Yes, that is very. Yeah, I, that that sounds about right here. That sounds about right. Bob um, <clears throat> back with Bobby Heenan and uh, Gorilla Monsoon here. Um, arguably, in my opinion, the greatest two-man combination in the booth there ever was.
0: Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I
1: mean, no disrespect to JR and the King, no disrespect to, you know, the Gordon Solis, um, or even, you know, Vince and Jesse Ventura, but Bobby and Gorilla had chemistry like no other.
0: No other. I mean, just the build-up, just the, um, y- you know, you you just pitch and swing. Uh, I mean that—that's all it was the whole time, um, yeah. And Gorilla just played into that perfectly.
1: Oh yeah, he, yeah, he played it straight laced, and you know what's great about Bobby Heenan too is when when it came to his comedy and his approach was the fact that like he played everything like he believed it, you know, his character believed everything it said, and and he didn't he didn't budge, you know, he
0: didn't break kayfabe, I guess you could say. Yeah. And that's what made that's what made him for me personally. Yeah, um, and like, I just the the look, you know. I mean, just the aesthetics of it. That's that's probably why they put the king with the crown and Jerry Lawler with the hat. It was still playing into this dynamic or dichotomy of smart or uh, funny or you know, like like Gorilla is pristine looking. Bobby is pristine looking too, but he looks like a weasel. He looks slimy. He, he'll have glitter yes. on, and you know. Um, yes. Uh, here we have the Heart Foundation coming out. Who are they set oh, to go against? Look at these two schleps.
1: Bob Bryant and Al Kirkland.
0: And I never hurt a, not, a, not one of them. Oh, here we go. You know, you know, I never hurt one of them. Uh, I was told... Uh, there's a lady ring announcer there. I'm sorry, there's a lady ring announcer there. Who yes. is that? Mike McGurk, the Mike daughter McG- of famous
1: wrestling promoter Leroy McGurk. Okay. Who was once the um, the business partner of Bill Watts for the Mid South Wrestling territory? Uh huh. Yes, Mike McGurk still apparently does the uh, the convention circuit from time to time. Okay. Um, I think I saw her. Oh shit! I want to say was it a Starcast or maybe it was a, a WrestleCon of some sorts? But yeah, she every once in a while she still does the conventions.
0: Yeah, Bret Hart del- delivering a, a drop kick there. Rarely do yeah. we see Bret Hart do a drop kick, and I I know why now. <laughs> yeah, not yeah. the not the slickest there. No, um, no, and,
1: and I believe if I'm not mistaken, during this time period, this is when the Hearts, the Hart Foundation, I should say, you know, was uh, in the early run of their babyface um, outing. Uh, they had just left uh, Jimmy Hart and know, going. That was a nice slingshot maneuver. Uh, going into um, the uh, the SummerSlam pay-per-view, they were scheduled to wrestle Demolition on that card. And Demolition was managed by Mr. Fuji, but because Jimmy Hart had kind of split off with uh, the Hart Foundation, he was also going to be like a temporary manager for Demolition for one night only mm-hmm. um, for SummerSlam. So that was like the big buildup, is that like Demolition had two managers, um, Fuji and Jimmy Hart. Uh, which I thought was a, uh, an interesting twist. Never heard of that before. Um, but you know what's funny? Going back and watching like a lot, finding a lot of old stuff on YouTube and even on social media um, was the fact that like a lot of these managers during this time period in WWF, and I don't remember this maybe because like it, you know I'm older and I, my memory is is. Is not as strong as it once was when it comes to wrestling but a lot of these managers used to trade their talents like on screen like Bobby Heenan traded somebody for the Barbarian or he bought the services of the Barbarian from Slick you know what I mean and he traded and Warlord ended up staying with Slick or something to that effect I forget what it was but um, a lot of these guys used to trade their talents uh, which I found to be very cool uh, with the managers and the, and the dynamic between the
0: managers I like that, that presents more of the uh, sports feel That you and I have grown to Become more accustomed in liking um, Out of watching Marking out the day's weekend warriors You and I definitely enjoyed that sports feel That uh, realism there uh, Where a manager could make the choices For his talent, if he really was That person's manager Wow, yeah. big heart attack there from the Heart Foundation uh, And pick up the victory Brett still has a little hostility, so these guys are still a, a little, you know, fiery as faces.
1: Yeah, they got a little more, as Vince would
0: like to say, hot Mm-hmm. Goddamn, pal. Goddamn, pal. And then you see a wrestling challenge banner there, so they would uh, record a couple hours in these buildings, correct? And then um, change the banners throughout for each show? And and I choose. think so.
1: I think they did that, but I also think too that um, sometimes they would they would run um, different towns with the crews. So certain guys worked Wrestling Challenge, certain guys worked Superstars. Right. Um, I think they did a little bit of both. I could be wrong, but um, I know in later years they would. Um, <clears throat> they would do different towns for both Wrestling Challenge and Superstars. Um, so, like, when we did Marking Out Today's Weekend Warriors, we only saw certain guys on Superstars, um, and we wouldn't see some of the angles that would take place on Wrestling Challenge carry over to Superstars. Mm-hmm. So, same, same, same thing with, like, when WCW had Saturday Night, but they also had Worldwide and Power Hour and Main Event. Like, you saw different angles develop on different shows. It was almost like soft opening of a brand extension like we see now in WWE today
0: absolutely and you had your A towns your B towns and to a point you would even get your C towns depending yep. on how popular uh, they were during that time yeah
1: uh, if you ever want to go like uh, look up you know live event results if like you ever went to a show and like you don't remember the date or you remember the time period you go to the history of WWE.com mm-hmm. uh, they have virtually every live event, every television taping that just about every wrestling organization on the planet had ever produced and the results from it. I managed to find results from the very first WW for the very first wrestling match I ever went to, which, which was a house show in Hartford, Connecticut, um, headlined by Hogan and Savage in the main event. And that was in, I believe the spring or summer of 87, mm-hmm. um, or eighty six maybe I don't remember I have to go back and look at the, the results again but yeah it's wild the, the 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 information that this website has I follow them on Twitter uh, I follow them on Facebook I used to know the guy that uh, that used to do all the information this guy named Graham Graham Coffin mm-hmm. uh, he's from South Carolina uh, he was a, a friend of a friend and we got to hang out for a little bit in. Um, in atlanta during wrestlemania weekend in 2011 and he was just talking to me about the process of updating the site and how much work it is and you know he he, it's a labor of love he's not making any money off of that stuff but to be able to get all those results and then even find like the video footage that like he puts up on youtube it's just amazing The, the the amount of wrestling history that that site has and produces you know for fans with all the results it's just wild anyone that wants to go check it out history of um and yeah,
0: yeah they just holy cow tons of stuff here as we see brother love um, a nice plug there dave uh actually jimmy price and i uh use that site to do our bonus episode Retromania bonus episode four as there's a spider on the podium holy crap <laughs> there was stop, a spider real? yeah um, so at bonus episode four, we get Jesse Ventura being introduced here by, uh, brother love. So bonus episode four, Jimmy Price and I listed out all the live events him and I had ever been to. Um, and it was just very insightful and it helped me remember like what, what I, what I saw. I saw sting and Hogan in a steel cage right after starcade. Like what the hell? Why didn't they do oh, wow. that? Why didn't they put that on TV? That was a house show. Um, one of the rare ones that WCW did. So go back, listen to that. Definitely check out uh, the history of WWE.com. Definitely a good site. Yeah, I, I highly recommend it. Um, I'll, I'll go there sometimes
1: to, uh, to, uh, um, to look up results. It's actually funny, my, my buddy Dennis, who has done a few podcasts with me on Kick It Out of 2, we were talking about like the first wrestling shows we ever went to, and he had mentioned a wrestling show that he had went to locally in the Hartford, Connecticut area, and, uh, it was a, it was a house show in March of 1991. Uh, the main event was Hulk Hogan, and earthquake in a stretcher match. Wow! Um, and this was just weeks before WrestleMania seven. Wow. And I went to that show as well. Um, and I remember going to that show mainly due to the fact that it was a matinee show. It mm-hmm. was like a one o'clock Sunday afternoon show. And I remember getting out and it was still daylight,
2: Hmm. Um,
1: and it's just strange how I remembered that, but I did. Um, and I, I also remember that match where Hogan just took a steel chair and waffled earthquake over the back and earthquake bled instantly. And my grandfather, I remember said, looked at me and said, David, he's bleeding. Look, he's bleeding. He, 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 bleed all over the back. And and (laughs) I just thought it was, uh, the, the things that I can remember, certain things I can remember. It's just fascinating here. Um, but here we have, uh, Jesse Ventura, who, you know, like we've talked about, he's um, the special referee for the SummerSlam main event uh, between the Mega Powers, Hulk Hogan and Macho Man against the Mega Bucks, Million Dollar Man, Ted DiBiase and Andre the Giant. Um, I don't know the reasoning behind putting Jesse in this spot given the fact that I don't think, if I recall, there was any plans to have him come back into the ring like if this was going to lead to something
0: mm. so I really, don't, I really don't know what the reasoning was behind was it just to add a little extra something to the main event or uh, I, I, I honestly think, don't I think know think Predator I did, I, Predator fame um, having, that's true having, I forgot about that having a celebrity in there um, also someone who didn't really share the same opinions as Hulk Hogan um, so then you could have a little conflict of is he going to do the right thing which is what they're playing off of right here um, yeah. In this bit, definitely um, a, a good name to draw for the time. I, I I would say him or Piper, either either one of those because those like Piper is doing they live right now. Um, okay, that would have been that would have been
1: interesting if they brought Piper back to be the ref for this match, given the history he had with Hogan.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. Um. So yeah, it'd be it'd be really interesting to see that. That dynamic there. I wonder who they had in mind uh, otherwise. You know, they always have a backup. There's an A and a B and a C sometimes.
1: Well, it's funny, too, because we see Brother Love here. And uh, originally at SummerSlam, the um, the the original plan for when Brother Love was at SummerSlam was to have Ric Flair debut at SummerSlam mm-hmm. in that, that year in 88. His contract was, was coming to an end. And uh, the original plan was for Brother Love to debut Ric Flair, but Flair played hokey pokey and at the last minute signed with Crockett. Um, someone who you don't want to play hokey pokey with there is Andre the Giant. But this this here looks to be the um, the the part of the conflict you had mentioned, where uh, DiBiase and Andre are out uh, to uh, try and entice uh, Jesse Ventura into. Uh, Having certain decisions go their way in the main event of this Summerslam tag match, which brought some doubt to whether Jesse was going to be able to do the right thing, as we see Jesse uh,
0: getting draped not, with a hundred dollar bills in his pocket. Yeah, not not, not refusing the uh, the payoff here, as we see the the smirk on his face. Well, that's a conspiracy. I gave it back to him backstage. <laughs> um, yeah, it? look. Dave, maybe an idea for you and uh, one of your co-hosts next time you guys get face to face. Do one of those uh, going wrestlings. Uh, go on the historyofwwe.com dot com and list down the shows that you guys been to. It's um, a good idea. I definitely, um, it's it's just sparks back the memories of you know being there and like your 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 experience going as a kid, and you might have some other stories. It was a good time doing that podcast for sure.
1: Oh, I bet. I mean, i, I would def I would definitely, uh, i would I would definitely do that at one point for sure. I, I um, especially given the fact that I've been to so many shows in the local area in Hartford that I could probably I could probably dedicate one show to an episode each time and just keep you know doing it and dragging
0: it out a little bit. But um, yeah, I, that's that sounds like a pretty fun idea. Yeah. Um, and so now we have politician Jesse uh, claiming he's gonna do the right thing I assume or down the middle or I don't know what's going on I don't
1: know but they're, they're replaying the, the the accepting of the funds here with the smirk on his face
0: <laughs> slow to, zoom
1: <laughs> to yeah to, re- and <laughs> to remind us that there is um, there is some issues here. Is, I'm, I'm guessing your gorilla and Bobby have uh, are, are discussing the, uh, what just took place. and here's I, I want to ask you a question. What's up with Bobby Heenan not wearing a T-shirt underneath his little starter jacket? Look at this. He's got a Yankees baseball cap on. He's got his traditional wrestling ring jacket, but there's no T-shirt on underneath.
0: It's, it's slimy. I like it. Get a little... It is
1: slimy, but it's kind of creepy at the same time.
0: Absolutely. I like it. Uh, nice touch there by um, the brain. So... Going back real quick to Jesse Ventura and Roddy Piper, two guys who were um, doing films at this time. Did you ever see the show that they did together? In 1991, they had a pilot episode for a show called Tag Team.
1: I've never seen it, but I think I've heard of it.
0: Okay, I, I believe it. They they set it up as a TV movie, so it's an hour. Um, let's 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 go through the the. Uh, The synopsis real quick. Tricky Ricky McDonald and Billy the Body Youngblood are two of the best wrestlers in the country. They are told to take the dive by the wife of the promoter. If they don't, she'll make sure that they're blackballed from wrestling. When they don't do what she says, they are fired immediately. They try many jobs without success. When they stop a grocery store robber, they get the idea to be cops. So begins a new chapter in the life of this tag team. Bad guys, watch out.
1: interesting I, like I said I, I, I vaguely remember hearing about it but um, never never watched the pilot
0: well Dave the, I have, have a special I have a special request you and I should watch this and do a watch along or a oh, review wow. of it okay let's do All a right. review of it okay We'll yeah, break it down it. yeah that's fine we can do that Ooh, Scott Casey he's a NWA regular
1: uh yes. Oh yes, he is
0: beautiful. And this was from this. This event was from the WrestleFest Stadium show in Milwaukee. Yep. Um, Big Boss which Man was coming out.
1: Headlined by Hogan and Andre in a cage.
0: That's available on the network right now as well.
1: I believe so. Yes, I, be- the, the, I believe that match is available. I don't know if the whole event is, but I believe that match is available on the network. Um, this was rather. Uh, unusual for them to run stadium shows during this time period, Um, you know, especially a baseball stadium, because they had done the WrestleManias in the larger venues, but um, to run a baseball stadium, especially in the summertime, uh, when baseball is, you know, in full swing, was uh, something different for them.
0: Yeah. Have you ever seen a stadium show or or a wrestling show in a baseball uh, stadium?
1: Uh, yeah, I've seen a few. Yeah. I, um, older ones and the more current ones like the Royal Rumble earlier this year was held in, uh, Houston. Um, at, uh, I believe it was Minute Maid Park, uh, but they've had, uh, I've seen, I've seen some of the older ones like, um, like, uh, AWA had a, uh, I think they had a, I don't know if it was a super clash, but they had a big stadium show when they combined forces with like the NWA, Jim Crockett promotions. I watched super that many years ago. Um, that's like an all-star show. Oh yeah, uh, pretty much with like the best of the best from both organizations. Uh, I watched that a number of years ago. Uh, I'm trying to think what else. I know some of the old great American Bash tours took place in the Carolinas in like a lot of uh, small minor league baseball stadiums.
0: Yeah, I've actually seen um, uh, WWE come in like 2003 uh, to the Frederick Keys. Baseball stadium, which is the Harry Grove Stadium, which is actually the grandfather of Spike Dudley. Um, okay, interesting. Yeah, uh, yeah, he announced that when he was there. Um, so that was like a small little venue, and they had it sectioned off like almost like this. Um, but it, it was nice. Um, just being outdoors with wrestling is is a great experience, and having the sunset with it, and you know, like I, I love outdoor venues.
1: Oh, same here. In fact, I did a. Uh... I think you've listened to it. I did a yes, uh, a, a retrospective on uh, outdoor wrestling events over the years and some of the memorable ones and my my reasons for liking them, etc. Um, I know that um, locally in the Connecticut area. Uh, we have a few minor league baseball stadiums, but one in particular that's fairly new that's actually about 10 minutes away from where I live um, is home to the Hartford Yard Goats, a double A minor league baseball stadium that's affiliated with the Minnesota Twins for Major League Baseball. Um, and uh, they're literally right next to the XL Center, which is the old Hartford Civic Center, uh, where I've seen a number of wrestling events. And, uh, you know, I could picture an AEW or even WWE putting on a live event in the baseball stadium venue um I know that for a while TNA used to do those like summer baseball stadium minor league uh settings for their live events um Ring of Honor I think has done
0: some of those Field of Honor yep Field of Honor they started doing that recently uh not anymore but yeah. yeah, a couple of years back, because I had a buddy of mine that went and saw them play where the Brooklyn
1: Cyclones play, which is the, I think it's the AA or AAA affiliates of the New York Mets, and uh, the, the the scene and the setting was, um, was interesting. Northeast Wrestling, local indie company in the Connecticut area, they do some of those uh, minor league baseball stadiums uh, for their summer tours. They call them Wrestling Under the Stars, and they usually pack a pretty good house, depending on who's on the card. Um, you know they did. Uh, they did one, I believe, in uh, the New York area. Uh, that it was headlined by uh, their first big one. They did was headlined by Hogan and Piper with a special Piper's pit
2: with Hogan uh, as the guest. Oh wow! Um,
1: I, I, I tried going to that show, but my work schedule conflicted and I couldn't make it. But um, yeah, they've done some baseball stadiums, minor league uh, settings uh, for the last six or seven years in the summertime, wrestling under the stars from Northeast Wrestling. They seem to draw pretty good crowds uh, with, with those. So, yeah, it's a lot of fun going to a wrestling show, especially if it's outdoors um, in a baseball stadium setting or even a football stadium setting. But, uh, you know, this, this year, uh, this this particular show in general, I've never watched the entire show, but I've seen the Hogan-Andre Cage match.
0: Yes. Um, and boss Man has Scott Casey and a bear hug here. Um Just dwindling him down, wearing him out, working on him. Now, were you were you watching during this time? Eighty-eight SummerSlam. Were you were you like able to watch that, or you know like were you Uh, watching current? Um, I I didn't get all the pay-per-views, so I didn't watch that one.
1: Um, you know, when I was younger, I mean, my wrestling fandom was was you know would go would be overboard sometimes with the toys and the merchandise and and watching it. Most of my wrestling consumption was done Saturday mornings and then eventually Saturday evenings with WCW Saturday Night. So I didn't get a lot of pay-per-views when I was younger. Um it would be a special occasion for me to get one of the pay-per-views and SummerSlam 88 was not one of them despite the fact I was a big 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 mega powers fan as mm. you see a sloppy sidewalk slam from the boss man for the victory over Scott Casey um, so I, I was watching the programming during this time period but my parents would kind of limit me as to how much I was able to watch
0: yeah absolutely they didn't want to warp your brain and you to become a wrestler <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they, they, they didn't they didn't foresee a future with
1: me inside the squared circle. I didn't even really see a future with, with myself inside the squared circle, but um
0: yeah. Um Big so. Boss Man picking up the victory there. You said your favorite team was uh Mega Powers around this time. Can we circle back to a team name? The oh, boss man beating down Scott Casey with that nightstick.
1: Police brutality, police brutality
0: This would not Scott fly Casey's over now. Matters. This would not fly over right now. Casey's lives matter. Oh no. Um, would you, now? Can we circle back to a team name? The Hartford Yard Goats. Oh uh, yeah. Um, What's going on? Honestly, there?
1: I don't. Well, first of all, it was that the team name was apparently done um, was formed and constructed via a public vote from our governor. Our governor set out this poll, and people voted, and, um, there was many choices. I don't remember the other selections, but apparently Yard Goats had won, um, oh my that choice. But, yeah, I mean, I've been to a few ball games because it's not too far from where I live, and, uh, they're actually kind of fun. Um, they do have, like, a little goat pen that you can go see the goats, pet the goats in the outfield, um, but it's 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 affordable. Minor league baseball. The food and the concessions are very affordable. Um, you know, tickets are relatively uh, low price. Uh, so you're not you know going to a sporting event and spending you know an arm and a leg or, or half your rent or your mortgage on on things if you bring like you know a family of four. But my wife and I have gone a few times and we've enjoyed it.
0: Right on, right on. Yard goats, very intimidating, but also sweet. Family environment. Yes.
1: yeah Yes. Yeah exactly. No, it, it really is, though. Uh, and it's a smaller stadium. I think it seats about, like, 5,000 people. No matter where you sit, you got a good seat everywhere. Mm. So... Oh,
0: nice stuff. Nice stuff. Back
1: with Gorilla and Bobby here from uh, the commercial break. Um, I Now, I'm curious. Maybe you can answer this question for me. Um, what's... What's with the color of Gorilla's glasses? I know that sometimes he's worn blue, sometimes he's worn like like a like a a burgundy color in his glasses. Is that part of a prescription, or is like with with your eyesight, or is that um, yeah? Is, is that just for
0: style? Yeah, that was um. It was prescription style back in the day in the eighties. Uh, my grandmother had some of those. Um, like she had the rose gold ones. Um. <clears throat> yeah, that was a style then, uh, temporarily for people who, you know, in the 80s they had those big fucking double bar glasses, um, you, you, not everybody had availability to contact lenses, I don't think they had been, like, you know, um, perfected by then, as we have Coco Beware coming out to face John Ziegler, no relation to Dolph. Um <laughs> Well, he's Dolph Ziegler, this is John Ziegler Ah, right, right, right Ooh, with tattoos at the time Also very <laughs> taboo at the time That
1: is right, his name is John
0: Ziegler Ziegler <laughs> Ziegler Bring out <laughs> <up> the Ziegler! <laughs>
1: he did not make one million dollars <laughs> Under the name John Ziegler
0: <laughs> uh, poor Shooting f- laser beams out of his frickin' mullet Poor Frankie. Yeah, I, those going back to Gorilla. Those are just stylish uh, prescription glasses.
1: Okay. All right. I wasn't sure about that. Yeah. I have gla- I wear glasses. I have a prescription myself, um, and so I would You know, I'm not too uh, hip to the knowledge of um, why uh, they were the way they were. But um, yeah, no. Thank you for answering that. I I, I appreciate the the knowledge. Dropping knowledge on the regular here
0: as yes. part of the Retro Media Pro Wrestling Podcast Network. Yes, indeed, and if I, if I can find some photos of my grandmothers, I definitely will because they uh, they were heavy sport supporters of that uh, that aesthetic style. So, would you say that your grandmother
1: would be if, if she was a wrestler? She would be Grand Monsoon.
0: <laughs> yes, yes. Okay. You know. Will just, you I... stop? <laughs> nice big elbow drop by Coco. Uh, With his out?
1: one workout glove. Because yeah. apparently he lost the other one at the hotel the night before.
0: Now, now Coco was not the the Coco that we know um, before this, right? As WWE he, likes, likes to change everybody. Coco was a little bit more furious. He was almost like a mini JYD. Yes, he was, uh, especially in the Memphis area. He
1: was a big popular star in Memphis before he came to the WWF. And uh, then they adopted... The, the bird and he was the bird man and he would fly around. But, um, Coco's older fans, probably even before, you know, our time as fans most remember him for his days in Memphis. Um, he was a part of a tag team. I forget the name of the team, um, and who he used to partner with. Uh, but he was most notably, uh, remembered in the Memphis area for being a very, um, athletically gifted, high flying wrestler. Um, the opposite of what we're seeing here with this Boston Crab, um, or I should I say this half Boston Crab, because he's not really sitting, oh, now he is, now he's now he's sitting down fully and applying it, but John Ziegler hasn't given up yet. Um, oh, did he tear his hamstring in the
0: process? Yeah, he, he teamed with uh, Eaton and uh, Stagger Lee, um, and he was, or he went against Bobby Eaton and Steve Kern, um, and he was known as Sweet Brown Sugar. At okay the, At the time Um definitely Who did he tag with uh, I want to get too Part wants
1: to say Junkyard dogs For some reason But I don't know
0: I think they They might have loosely Been related For a little bit uh, Or at least Associated with On television Yeah Um Norvell Austin
1: Norvell Austin hmm. Don't know the name
0: Well Don't may, know the name yeah, he was. That was. I wants to say he also teamed with Ice
1: Man King Parsons, but I could be mistaken there
0: as well. Possibly, I don't want to get too lost and uh, bore yeah. everybody. But that that that's why Coco is also presented in to um into the WWE Hall of Fame. I mean, you can't you can't deny that. You know, a lot of people just think, oh, he was the Bird gimmick guy. It's like no, he he was pretty popular in Memphis from '84 until he got signed.
1: Yes. Yes, and I think that was one of the, uh, the the main reasons why he was put into the Hall of Fame. Um, I mean, the, unfortunately, I'll be honest with you, I have had those arguments with people before about, like, you know, what guys
0: and gals deserve to go into the Ooh, Hall of Fame. What a brainbuster!
1: Yeah, that was nice. Perfectly executed. Um, I've always gone back to the Coco reference. Well, they put Coco in. You know, right. well, you know the Coco Beware reference. And I think that's unfair to him. Um, actually a number of years ago, uh, one of the first interviews I ever did with a wrestler was with Coco Beware on the Ken Reedy show during my time with Ken and, uh, Coco even kind of brought that up in, in, in our interview, um, uh, that, uh, people don't think he deserves to be in the hall of fame, but, uh, he, he stood his ground and was, you know, I paid my dues. I went up and down the road. I worked hard. Um, you know, etc., cetera. Et cetera. I, I deserve to be in the Hall of Fame, and, you know, good for him, uh, you know, I, I mean, I was one of those that kind of questioned it at times, and even to this day still do, but there's a strong argument to be made that he deserves his spot in the WWE Hall of Fame.
0: Yes, absolutely, any of those territory guys that got picked up by WWF that were actually uh, utilized and marketed, I mean, they deserve their place in the Hall of Fame for sure. Oh, no doubt about it.
1: Um, I mean, I think, and we've talked about this before, when it comes to the Hall of Fame, it's essentially a popularity contest. You know, it's, it's, a, it's a lifetime achievement award. Mm-hmm. There's really no criteria for the Hall of Fame. But if you break it down, it's all about relevancy. And I kind of talked about it on, on a, a, a recent edition of Kicking Out of Two when I did, like, my Hall of Fame picks.
0: 2020 yes
1: and it's really all about relevancy and what you contributed to the genre of pro wrestling during your time you know and it and it was the you know were you were you popular what kind of storylines were you in championships held the impact you had the memories that you made as a performer like all about being relevant Mm -hmm. and if you were relevant during your time period during your run then Virtually, just about anybody could get into the Hall of Fame. You know what I mean. The Bushwhackers. Um, <laughs> you
0: know what I mean. Outlaw Ron Bass, who's in the ring right now, going up against Jim Evans. Who uh, Jim Evans? I don't think is in the Hall of Fame. No, I
1: don't think Jim Evans is in the Hall of Fame. But um, you know, it wouldn't surprise me. You, know, you see in the corner of the screen, Brutus Beefcake, who is in the Hall of Fame. Which you know, when it comes to relevancy, he was a very popular character. He,
0: I had his he, toy. I was a fan as a kid. Yeah. I was, I I mean, was blinded I by his cutting and strutting and those uh those those booty cheeks hanging out. You know <clears> what? Sorry. I used to dig I used to dig
1: the look that you know he would present with mm-hmm. the, the fringe and the, the zebra and same thing with the Rockers too, when the mm-hmm. Rockers used to kind of wear that stylish um ring attire, like the flashy stuff. Randy Savage too, like that's what kind of attracted me, um, to those guys. Their their flashy look. Um but, you know, you could also make a case here. It wouldn't surprise me, even though he wasn't very popular and he kind of had a short run during this period, that someone like a Ron Bass, as we see some side sort of modified pedigree, uh, that Ron Bass would get to the Hall of Fame. He was, a, he was a, uh, a, not a big draw, but he was a name in the Florida territory for many, many years.
0: Wow, he just did a pedigree, dude. Yes. Wow. I know. I've never seen that before. That is yeah, in pretty in that interesting. Form, yeah. Huh. Um I, I could have swore he was in the Hall of Fame. He's not. You're right. I I don't believe he
1: is. I don't believe he's in the WWE
0: Hall of Fame. No. He, and he
1: just passed he just passed away a couple of years ago too, unfortunately. He's no longer with us. So, yes. I mean, I think his cha- I think his chances are are slim. It wouldn't surprise me if like he got put into that legacy wing that they do,
0: where they take the guys that the internet you know, mm-hmm. cries, cries foul that deserves to be in the Hall of and Fame. And they just flash outside. 14 guys at one time. Here we have Ron Bass with that spur. Now, take us back. He just recently attacked Brutus and gave him a, a brutal blade job, correct? Um, actually, no. As we see here
1: as, as we see here, um, Brutus making the save, um... I don't know how far along you are in your uh, your end with the with the watch along here, but Brutus is making a save. I believe, if I am not mistaken, this is it. Um, no, this is not it. Oh. Um, th- like this is the go home show to SummerSlam, but yes, Ron Bass would eventually attack Brutus and uh, give him that blade job with those cowboy spurs. But I think, if I'm not mistaken, it was after this altercation here, as you see Brutus made the save, which oh. would cause Brutus to be removed from the Intercontinental Championship match with Honky Tonk Man at that SummerSlam, and then resulting in the Ultimate Warrior replacing him, as we see Brutus now taking his, his garden shears, his
0: so barber then, shears. So then that that action with, um, with him cutting <laughs> Brutus and... SummerSlam being right around the corner that has to happen on Wrestling Challenge or something within yeah, the next couple of days correct? Yeah
1: exactly so this year um, as we see Brutus um, holding off uh, Bass with the shears and taking his whip and cutting it with those shears um, would be the or at least he's trying to he's having a little trouble there it looks like um, this would cause Bass to jump him and uh, and attack him and give him that brutal blade job with the, with the, uh, the Cowboys, uh, Spurs setting up ultimate warrior to replace him in the intercontinental title match. Now, from what I gather, um, when it comes to information as to why this took place, Oh no, this is what really happens. This is what really sets it off. I think Brutus cuts the hat too. If Uh I'm not mistaken, he's, he's shutting around with the Cowboy hat, but, um, They just removed Brutus so they could put Warrior in the spot. I don't think there was anything going on with Brutus, or I don't think he was hurt. I just think it was done to further the angle with him and Bass, and then set up Warrior's introduction into the match with um,
0: with Honky Tonk Man. But yeah, the the attack would probably take place. Uh, the the attack actually takes place later in this night during the taping. (laughs) <laughs> okay, all right. So, um, so they, they air it for the wrestling challenge. It's essentially Brutus is wearing the same clothes. He has a match. Outlaw Ron Bass comes back out and attacks him and cuts him with the spur, and then they put that huge, big red X over Brutus' face to I cover the that. blood. That's, that's what I remember from it, is that they... They said the
1: beating was too brutal for them to show all of it on TV, so they had to censor it.
0: Oh, he—he's um, strangling him with the uh, the bull rope, um, and he uh, watching the uncensored version. There is a good amount of blood, and a lot of wrestlers like Coco Beware, uh, the guy Jim Evans from earlier, have to come out and separate everything. It's pretty ruthless. So I, I assume that this angle was closer towards the end of the show. Um, yeah. Yes. Wow. Some, uh, some cool stuff there. So this all happened during the same taping. Very cool. I like that you uh, you researched that and looked that up so I didn't look like a total fool with the lack of information. I appreciate that. <laughs> oh, no. I, I just love how they do that. You know, like break down uh, two weeks or a week worth of stuff during one event, you know? Like yep. I, imagine watching that live and then seeing it play out on TV later.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, this was back in the day where there was no internet to spoil it. There was no, um, there's nobody doing these reports at these shows and then going on the internet and and giving away the results for three or four weeks worth of television. You know, where nowadays, if they do tape something ahead of time, um, the results get out there within you know minutes um, of it happening. Uh, so, um, you know, they would they were no, other than pay per view and maybe the occasional Saturday night's main events, for the most part, they taped all their programming ahead of time and, like, weeks and weeks and weeks in advance. They would go, you know, they would go every three weeks. They would do TV every three weeks, and they would tape three weeks' worth of television in one night Um, with, you know, 30 or so matches,
0: if not more. Yeah, you're sitting there for four hours enjoying a show, essentially. Yeah. Uh And you're
1: basically seeing everything unfold. And, you know, you didn't have the capability to go on your computer and give away those results at the time. So you were there when you saw it. Uh, As we see, the SummerSlam report always dug these little pay-per-view reports where they would update the
0: cards. Uh, Seven days away. Yes. Uh, Main event here, you see Mega Powers versus the Mega Bucks.
1: (laughs) With Jesse... The Butt
0: Chin Ventura. Um, <laughs> That's a conspiracy. As, as the guest referee, and there we see the demolition going up against the Hart Foundation. Oh, uh, classic that I talked match about, talked about earlier. This match was a solid match, but their SummerSlam ninety match is the match you have to watch. The two out of three falls oh, match. Oh yes. yeah, I like That's how they brought favorite. I like how they brought it back around on the, their feud too.
1: Yes, yes, they brought everything full circle with it. I really enjoyed the. Um, that SummerSlam '90 match, but this match here, pretty good in its own right. Um, and this, obviously, we just talked about it. Uh, Beefcake scheduled to face Hoggy Tonk Man, but that wouldn't be the case come uh, come match time.
0: Yeah, tentatively, tentatively scheduled. Yes,
1: they filmed the angle and then set it up. Then we got the Powers of Pain against the Bolsheviks. Did you know that at this SummerSlam, Baron Von Raschke was the manager of the Powers of Pain? No. Yeah, you go back and watch it. Baron Von Rasky, manager of the Powers of Pain.
0: Interesting. No Mr. Fuji.
1: They were baby faces at that time.
0: Oh. And, Fuji was with, and
1: Fuji was with Demolition. But it wouldn't be till later in the year when they did the switch.
0: Aha. Uh-huh. And then we have Jake Roberts going against Hercules. Uh, Hercules just faced a dude that looked like Jake Roberts, DJ Peterson. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> why, did, why did they do that?
1: <laughs> They're like, Herc... It's 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 the month of the mustache.
0: Then we have Crocksmoken British Bulldogs against the fabulous Rougeaux, Big Boss Man against Coco Beware. This is way before then. Ken Patera still in WWF against Bad News Brown. The Rock Don Morocco against Dino Bravo. Wow, I wanna see that one. Probably not the best, but JYD against Rick Rude. Another classic pairing. Yes, and then the Brother Love Show with the surprise
1: special guest, which, like I said earlier, was tentatively scheduled to be Ric Flair making his debut in the WWF, uh, but they had to uh, call an audible and eventually it would be Hacksaw Jim Duggan. Who would be returning to the World Wrestling Federation after his um, after his hiatus of uh, when he was fired from the company a year prior for getting busted
0: on the Jersey Turnpike with the and chick bubba smoking crack for for, 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 uh, for going there, ho on some blow oh uh, the Duggan you get the marijuana uh, oh fuck you hey you uh, tough guy you're gonna do this line with me <laughs> you you take it. Oh, the cocaine. Put it on the dashboard, uh, Mr. Duggan. <laughs> oh, yeah. Good times, good times. Wrestling. Oh, man, that was the life they were living on the road, though. Uh, I've heard Pritchard talk about many stories riding with um, riding with Paul Bear in this time, or Dusty Rhodes as well. Um, yeah, yeah. Great road stories, man.
1: Oh, I love the podcasts when they do that when they talk about the, the stories they, they 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 tell on the road. Uh, did you ever hear the story that Pritchard told uh, when he when him and Dusty got busted by the cops? Yeah, they got pulled over by the cops in the Jersey
0: Turnpike. Yeah, I'm and the I'm the most famous athlete, the, the second world. most recognizable athlete in the world today. And the cops didn't know
1: who Dusty was, but they knew who Brother Love was. Like, <laughs> that, like that's hilarious. I thought that was great.
0: So good, man. Yep. Uh,
1: Okay. I, live, I live for like those kind of stories. That's what makes me, that's what makes me enjoy doing these podcasts and, and me as a fan, uh, you know, is, is these stories here. Up next, we've got King Haku going against Sam Houston, which by the way, the first ever wrestling match I ever watched was from the very first show I ever went to at the Hartford Civic Center. It was Sam Houston riding out on his horse to take on Frenchie Martin.
0: Wow. Wow. Yes. And what year is this?
1: ah shit i want to say it was late 86 maybe wow. early 87 wow i'll have to go back and look at the time. i think it was may of 87
0: wow that's awesome if man I'm,
1: if i'm not mistaken that i could be awesome. mistaken I, I could be wrong but i do remember the first <laughs> the first guy to come out with sam houston he rode out on a horse yep to the yeah.
0: ring he would do that from friend. time to time
1: yeah, but even at a house show, I was just surprised that, like, you know, look, looking back now, that like they would they would do that sort of thing. But yeah, he came out on a horse.
0: Just imagine, um, this could have been Bret Hart,
1: cowboy Bret Hart. That's right. You know, uh, uh, George Scott, uh, you know, brought me into the territory, and he said, uh, you know, you're from uh, the, the, the the Calgary with the uh, the, the and it's like the Wild West, so we want you to be a cowboy. Uh, what do you think about uh, putting a hat on? And uh, you know, I, I knew they were screwing with me. I thought, uh, you know, for sure, I would go back to the territory with yep. my father after, after riding the horse.
0: You know where uh, I'm from. Uh, you you don't play a cowboy unless you're a real cowboy. Exactly. Uh, you know. So uh, you know, I, if if I didn't if I didn't stick to my guns and uh, you know force force their hand, uh, you know, I would have been Sam Houston. <laughs> Thank you Dave And we have the new King of the Ring here King Haku This this year's King of the Ring being introduced
1: Yes and if I'm not mistaken I believe Haku um, Either won a tournament Or he was just renamed King I I don't remember exactly Uh, Nice little exchange there Cross body by uh, Mm -hmm. Sam Houston Brother of Jake the Snake Roberts Interesting Yes, and also married to—I believe he's still married to
0: Baby Doll. Interesting! Wow, and Baby Doll I is heard- where? Who, who? Give me some background on Baby Doll. What? Where's she Baby from? Baby
1: Doll. Baby Doll was the valet for Tully Blanchard. Okay. In Jim Crockett Promotions, and eventually she would be a valet for the Horseman. Um, but yeah, they I think they're still married, if I'm not mistaken. I heard an interesting story on the Arn Anderson podcast a number of months ago regarding Sam Houston. He was working for Jim Crockett Promotions as like an underneath guy, um, not an enhancement guy, but, you know, probably the similar role that he has here. Um, and he was married to Baby Doll, and they were working a show, I don't remember where, and Baby Doll had offered to. She was, she was with the horsemen, and I believe, you know, like, Flair and Arn were in the main event or something, um, And but she wasn't out there. And uh, she had offered to get takeout food for all the guys to go pick it up so when they get off their match and they shower, they got something to eat, you know, as they're leaving the arena. Mm-hmm. And she took everybody's order, all the guys, you know, Flair, Arn, J.J., few others i think dusty and a few of the other guys took everyone's order and when she went to go get the food her husband sam houston stopped her and said what do you think you're doing and she said i'm going to get the guy's food and he told her no you're not allowed to do that um they're just you know taking advantage of you you're not you know just you're not some you know uh errand girl for these guys and uh she she didn't go get their their takeout food. So when all the guys came back to the locker room after their match and were expecting a hot meal from wherever they were gonna go get food, there was no food there. And Sam Houston had a ton of heat on him and I believe if I'm not mistaken too, because Dusty was Dusty had taken his order with Baby Doll as well. He was the booker at the time.
0: Oh, no, baby, that ain't going to fly. You ain't got my titlins, you ain't got my mashed you ain't got the beans, you ain't got the brisket that I ordered, the ribs that I ordered, the meatloaf that I ordered. That was all mine, daddy. <laughs> That's a big order from no, uh, that I wasn't even finished. <laughs> that was just the appetizer, baby. Exactly. Had. Now we all to the main the d'oeuvres, if, if you will.
1: But, uh, yeah, so because he didn't. Because he prevented her from picking up everyone's food order, um, there was a ton of food that was waiting at whatever establishment that prepared this, um, and uh, Dusty and those guys didn't get their food, which resulted in, um, if I'm not mistaken, I believe it resulted in, in uh,
0: Sam Houston's push getting derailed. Mm.
2: Or so, uh,
1: yeah, that's that's the story I remember from the ARN podcast. But wow. yeah, he was—I guess he was very. He was protective of her in the, in the same way that Savage was with Elizabeth, but not as intense right. as some of the stories we've heard. But he, I guess he he kind of felt like she was getting taken
0: advantage of. Mm-hmm. Uh, as we get the, uh, the, the grips, the tongue and death grips here on uh, the traps of Sam Houston from King Haku. King Haku uh, basically got christened. The king, after Harley Race suffered a legit stomach injury uh, with that uh, table match with Hulk Hogan, that's right. So that's then, main event. I remember that. so then the build up would be Harley Race coming back um, after the at the end of this year, and he would challenge Haku for the crown at the Royal Rumble in 1989. Let me tell you something, you Tongan piece of shit. Oh, my God.
1: After I get done smoking four Salem cigarettes, I'm going to take my crown back and beat your barefoot Tongan ass all the way back to that fucking island you came from
0: because I am the greatest wrestler of God's green earth. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, we're rolling out here today. We got um, Sam Houston almost doing a fucking blade runner there. A, yeah. A, a swift, a sling blade. Uh. Sling blade, I'm sorry. Um, yeah. Sling blade, blade runner, <laughs> blade job, it don't make blade a Blade job, daddy, fail blade. That's right, baby.
1: You're going to do a sling blade job runner over here, all right, if you will. You're going to do a kick to the back of the head, if you will, by the Haku, the King Haku, the Tongan boy, if you will, baby.
0: Big splash. One, two, three. Thanks for coming out, Sam. Pick up the <laughs> horse shit on the way out, too. And while you the? at it, uh, you know, go down to the Waffle
1: House and get me some chicken and waffles, if you will. and don't, oh, yeah. not don't, don't mess up my order because I'll make sure that even though I don't work for the WWF, even though if I'm in Crockett Promotions, I'm going to make sure your push gets the rail, too, if you don't give me
0: my fucking order right away. Exactly. My order is 62. It's, it's, it's 62 pancakes, five Belgian be waffles, a stack you, of Scrabble, bacon, yeah. daddy. <laughs> You're going to be paying for it if you will, all right? <laughs> scrapple. Man, I want some scrapple now. Dave, you ever had scrapple? You know about scrapple? What is, what is scrapple? Scrapple is all the scraps of pork formed into a small patty, and then you cut them in slices and fry it in a pan. Okay. All right. All right. You know what? That's, that's something I would try. I would definitely try that. My, uh, gran- I, I, my grandmother actually used to uh, powder the slices in flour and then fry them that way so you have a nice crispy crust on the outside. Grand Monsoon? Uh, yeah, Grand Monsoon, indeed. <laughs> <laughs> Will you? I'm, I'm sorry, I but this, that's that, going to be a new that's part that's of the awesome. show. I love that's awesome. It. I love Grand it. Grand Monsoon. Uh, yeah. <clears throat> Grandma was a big proprietor for my uh, wrestling habits. I mean, she would we would go to the Blockbuster, and we would pick up old videotapes like this, like the, uh, res- the WrestleFest, and uh, spend time over there. And I would get toys, the Hasbro's. Um, Yeah. So grandma goes hand grandma soon goes hand in hand with my nostalgia to wrestling.
1: Yeah, my nana and grandpa pretty much helped feed my wrestling habit on the weekends, whether it was blockbuster or Toys R Us. um, It was all about wrestling. They 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 had they had had helped um, you know add to my uh, my my obsession with, with with spoiling me when I was a youngster.
0: Absolutely, and we're gearing down on the show. we got like 13 minutes left of on-air time for primetime wrestling. Um, Gorilla Monsoon here and Bobby the Brain Heenan discussing some more things. I'm sure arguing over why Bobby the Brain Heenan is uh, not being touted as much.
1: Or why Bobby the Brain Heenan's wearing a New York Yankees hat, I
0: don't
1: know. <laughs> um, and why there's a Macho Man bandana around an oxygen tank.
0: Yeah, I'm not sure.
1: Or a helium tank. I don't even know what that is. To be honest, is that helium or is that oxygen?
0: Uh, I can't can't call it. It Yeah, okay. All I won't, yeah. Looks like one of those uh, CO2 machines for HVAC to me. Really?
1: Okay, all right. Elizabeth, get me the HVAC.
0: YouTube, if you will, <laughs> I need a little extra
1: oxygenny so I get in the ring and do my
0: thing and the thing. Uh-huh. Little gas up right now. little Oh, you know, I need a little hot air up the ass, Ooh. if you will, as we see X Chip Duggan
1: making his way to the ring
0: now, after he just said, got popped on the Jersey turnpike. So this with is bag like a coke in the chic, if you will. Is uh-huh. this his return? Or No, I
1: don't know if this is his return, but I know that like this might be, actually, this might be his return, or not far from it. Like, he had been there for a little while before, but I know he was gone for, I know he was gone for a fair amount of time um, with the WWF. You know what, actually, he won the Royal Rumble that year. What am I thinking? 88, right?
0: Yeah. So he, seven, yeah. So, okay,
1: so, so he so he wasn't gone for very long, But Okay. Uh, um, I think he got, if I'm not mistaken, I believe in the spring of 87 was when he got popped, on the term pike with uh, with Sheikh.
0: Oh, so then he comes back and gets a reward.
1: Yeah, so they pretty much just yeah, you know like like everyone else, you know. Exactly. You, you fail a drug test, you get arrested, you know.
0: Hey, pal, you let get, me let me talk to you for a second. Yeah,
1: we'll give we'll give you a push except if you're RVD in 2006.
0: Uh, I know, and that was just weed. Yeah. <laughs> and now it's all legal. They they really like tried to scrub his name out of the history books. That's awesome. Van Damme? Yeah. You know, I feel like he gets really overlooked during that time because of that title run uh, flop and everything there too. Especially, uh, I mean, even the Jeff Hardy stuff. I mean, he got uh, popped for like crystal meth and all these other drugs the day after he won the world heavyweight title.
1: Yeah, um, yeah, it's, it's funny how it's, it's funny how you you mentioned that you know RVD and his his uh, his drug related offense um, really helped them or. Push them to kind of remove him from the history books. I think a lot of that plays into the fact that he wasn't the most cooperative mm-hmm. uh, person in the company, um, spoke his mind, didn't really toe the company line, so to speak. Um, but uh, here we see Duggan laying it into the, the hunky dunky man.
0: The hunky dunky uh, man.
1: The hunky dunky man. Mr. Wayne Ferris. You ever watch any of his shooting
0: interviews? Oh, yeah. We, we talked about this. Um, he's the one that had the rumor about uh, Rick Rude having no penis at the end oh, of his that's life, right. remember?
1: That's right. Yeah. I don't know how true that is. I, 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 I kind of have a hard time buying that one. But, you know, I mean, to each his own. There was a funny story he told on a shooting interview how his son brought him to a hotel to do a convention and. <laughs> just the way that honky delivered it. you'd have to go back and watch this on youtube i think it's like the you shoot series mm-hmm. and uh honky says that his kid brought him to the room and helped him unpack his bags and he went to the bathroom to go take a shit and he was like you're not taking a crap in my room go use the crap go use the crapper with the rest of the fucking marks and he kicked him <laughs> out of the room
0: <laughs> jesus christ
1: or, or the story he told about he worked at an indie show with um with king kong bundy and um during, during uh, the the, uh, the the before the show, they had the meet and greet autograph, and um, someone paid for a picture. And Honky had an old Polaroid camera to take these pictures, and um, the Polaroid wasn't working. So he told the guy, "Come back in intermission, I'll give you the pictures." And Honky said that after his match, his match before intermission, after the match, he got in the car, he got paid, and he fucking left.
0: <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ.
1: He was like, "Fuck him!" <laughs> oh
0: <my laughs> he God. just
1: left. But yeah, there's some great hockey talk man stories that I've heard in in shoot interviews over the years that are just that that just have me fucking dying laughing. the, the, the stuff he the has got to say about Chief Jay Strongbow and how he had heat with Strongbow, who was a producer. As we cut back, it looks like they're they're going to a commercial break here, um, Bobby and uh, Gorilla.
0: Yeah, they got to keep you weighing in for the last five minutes.
1: Yeah on the edge of our seat for Honky Tonk Man and uh, Hacksaw Jim Duggett.
0: Wayne uh, Ferris, definitely a character. Oh, for sure, yeah. Any, anybody that wants to get, have a few good laughs, you
2: go watch a Honky Tonk Man shoot interview on YouTube. Just some of the funniest stories I've, I've heard. Mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. And we are back from commercial. We have Gorilla and Bobby still discussing some stuff, milking it. Uh yeah, it's kind of, you know it, 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 we kind of do an injustice by doing a watch along with these two you know what I mean absolutely like, you know it's one of those things where like I mean I know that like Nick had requested this
1: and you know we're, we're happy to do this but in some regards it's almost an injustice during these segments with gorilla and Bobby to to, to to listen to our voices rather than those two legends but um, you know it's this has been this has been pretty fun I've, I've, I've enjoyed uh, watching this episode back here
0: Yeah. Um, Oh yeah, For the absolutely. Second time around. Yes, it uh, it actually, it, you know, it, it just brings up stories that we have along um, along the road of watching this. I definitely enjoy our watch alongs every time. If you guys want to go back and listen to any of the watch alongs that we did, you and I have done quite a few at this at this point now.
1: Yeah, we have done a few. Um, we you helped me out a few, on a few of them. On kicking out of two, uh, we did the Raw Bowl from nineteen ninety six. We watched bret hart and owen hart inside the steel cage from Summerslam. we watched the 92 war games
0: mm-hmm. with the
1: dangerous alliance the sting squadron that was a lot of fun uh, we watched an old clash of champions from 1992
0: so we watched starcade 1992 yeah, been... what's that we watched starcade 1992
1: yes we did we watched starcade 1992 the celebrating the one-year anniversary of marking out the day's weekend warriors um so yeah it was uh you know we've We've, uh, I, th- I think we've caught a, a good rhythm
0: with these watch-alongs. Absolutely, and now we have, uh, Hacksaw building up for that three-point stance, and he's gonna, oh, nope, Jimmy Hart in the ring. Call for the bell, damn it. Ring the damn bell!
1: Yeah, isn't that a disqualification?
0: Is it? Did they DQ? I don't think so. Nope, he's telling him to, oh. uh-oh. Hacksaw. Get back here, tough guy! Hey, tough guy! And Jimmy Hart. Is playing possum, or not playing possum, but running like a weasel. But we have him running into the ring, classic guitar spot. Whoa, a swing and a miss. Hey now, that was nice. Uh oh, gimmick against gimmick here.
1: <laughs> you know, I have a Hacksaw Jim Duggan Hasbro with the two x four, but I also have a Honky Tonk Man figure without the guitar. Ooh. And trying to, trying to find the guitar online is is. It's difficult. And wow. when you do find it, it's expensive. Somebody oh. wanted to charge me $45 for the fucking guitar once. I said, go fuck yourself.
0: Wow. These, these Haspros, uh man. Uh-oh. Yeah. Oh. Oh, damn. It looks like it caught Jimmy a bit, like, clipped him on the side of the head.
1: And it looks <laughs> like Duggan's going to uh, Duggan's going to use his 2x4 on Honky's guitar, or maybe not, in my foreshadowing. Possibly, I don't know. and here's Coco Beware coming into the oh, I'm
0: no sorry, no the ring announcer coming into the ring to, uh, to 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 make the official decision. Interesting enough, this whole episode we did not see Howard Finkel.
1: No, we did not. Um, which goes to show um, how many shows these guys were running on a on a weekly basis. That you know, Fink obviously couldn't be at all, them, but uh, you know the. They, uh, they, they brought him up for the, for the important ones, that's for sure. Uh,
0: um, and, oh, he might be going, Hacksaw's going to go smash the guitar. So, now I'm wondering, Ed, I, I feel like I saw Howard Finkel announce Andre the Giant and Hogan for the main event of this. For this show? Maybe. We'll that's have, very possible. We'll have to go back and, you know, sometimes they use two announcers. Um, Howard Finkel yep. was always the main mm-hmm. eventer at the time. Yes. That's very, yeah, that is very possible. They could have just brought him out for the main event. Or, like um, you know, like you said, ABC Towns. Or the Fink yeah. was just busy. Yeah,
1: no, Fink was definitely an A-Town guy, that's for sure.
0: Mm-hmm. And Hacksaw walking off there, showing the replay of him smashing the Git box. Um, yeah, this has definitely been fun. I assume the end of the episode is going to be more of Heenan and Gorilla talking. I can actually turn it up if you like.
1: Sure, what the heck? I select them,
3: they should be. You select them? Boy, oh, I, I didn't know that news to me. Who oh, do you think, those guys in the control room there? Are you kidding me? Those guys couldn't bet on a Cubs game, and they're trying to select wrestling matches. <laughs> so, uh, while we were into that match, the phone rang six more times, and believe me, you better just find, you know, you know Steinbutter. now he's a friend of yours, or you say he's a friend of yours, maybe he can find a position for you in New York, because there aren't too many other places you're going to be able to go. What do you mean? What well, Go any place I want in the world. Anywhere you want. Anywhere uh, I want. How about the guys that have been calling from uh, American Airlines and from TWA, Chicago, and St. Louis that you promised all the tickets to? I never promised them nothing. You promised them tickets, and now they're saying that they're not going to get them. No longer will you be able to go through either one. Don't even try to get a ticket, they <laughs> said. I don't know what they're... These guys
0: obviously have a <laughs> ticket. Starts coughing. Ah, Classic ripping on each other. And I guess we're coming well, back for one last...
3: Right. <laughs> last week before SummerSlam 88. Uh, we will not be on one week from tonight. And we, of course, will be... Uh, <laughs> was...
0: uh, just, uh, uh, he's going to give strong. him the oxygen. <laughs> that's why it's Who there.
1: A so it's there. not HVAC after all. Uh, uh, no. <laughs> with all your well, then, first class. First class, they can sit in their home
3: and watch it first class. Yeah. I never said I'd pop. I was going to take days. up the Tapski for that one. <laughs> uh, you're a little bit choked. Take a little oxygen, right? You'll feel better. I don't want to have to cut that brush on prime time. As I was stating earlier on for the next two weeks here with the U.S. Open right here on the USA Network. Huh. And our fall schedule
0: will begin starting September 13th, and that's a Tuesday. So mark it down on your... Wow, so they get preempted uh, even in the 80s by USA and the uh, U.S. Open.
1: Yeah, I mean, SummerSlam one week and then the U.S. Open. Yeah, that, that was... Uh... That was um, a regular thing, and then eventually, you know, in February, they would get preempted with the dog show, that Westminster dog show used to take precedent over Monday Night Raw in USA, but, um, yeah, so, that's, uh, I I guess you could say that was, you know, this would be the season finale Mm -hmm. of Prime Time Wrestling, and then they would start a new season. Let's see who the producers are in the credits. We got Kevin Dunn, Kerwin Silphies, director,
0: um... Kevin a. Quinn, an editor; audio, Larry yeah. Rosen; uh, lighting director, Bob Dean. They don't do too much of uh, naming everybody else off as far as like a producer on the show, as uh, as much no. as WCW would. No WCW used to do a lot of those uh, the,
1: the credits at the end of their especially at the end of their pay-per-views.
0: Yeah, you'd uh, see Grizzly Adams, you'd see uh, Virgil Runnels, you'll see yeah, you'd see a lot of names. Titan I just production. I just found out this week that. Um,
1: they, they showed him in the credits. Kerwin Silti is famous director for WWE.
0: Mm-hmm. He got furloughed as a part of all these cuts. Oh, wow. Yeah. But I feel like
1: he's also been furloughed before, or at least he was let go like 10 years ago, but they brought him back. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, but I mean, it would surprise me if they brought him back as well. But, uh, yeah, this was a lot of fun, man. This was. I'm, uh, I'm glad we were able to do this. And, uh, hopefully, Nick, you can enjoy... This is Primetime Watch Along with Kobe and I here on the RetroMania Pro Wrestling Podcast Network. Thank you for uh, throwing this request out. If anyone's got any more requests, by all means, slide in our DMs gently. Wash your hands and your ass before and after you do that. And uh, let us know, is there a particular match, a particular subject you want us to cover? Is there a particular show you want us to watch and watch long form? Then hit us up on the RetroMania Mania Pro Wrestling Podcast Network on Facebook
0: absolutely thank you everybody um like rate review share subscribe please it's the only way we're gonna grow you can follow us on any podcasting platform by searching RetroMania with a w and that being said dave hold it down over there in connecticut i'll hold it down over here in maryland uh lockdown ooze oh see you buddy see you man